Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right. Hello, guys. I I am terrible about all the stuff I have to do right before recording. Um, I keep forgetting to take on the YouTube video. I keep forgetting to take this starting screen, screen down until like halfway through the intro. Oops. <laughs> because I have to like rush and hit record on one screen and record on another screen and it overwhelms my brain. <laughs> It's too much thinking for it Tyler. Is. All right. So I'm Tyler, as Megan just said. Yeah, I'm Megan, That's as he Megan. just said. All right. Now, I got something I need to get straight out there. I want to I want to address this first thing. Oh, God. Last week's episode, right at the beginning, I fucked it all up. <laughs> what did you, what happened? I so confident was like, this is episode 18. I yeah, looked. Yeah, it was not episode 18. It was episode 19. I got several text messages. I am confident this week, guys. 150% and I'm about to double check one more time <laughs> that this is episode 20 20 <laughs> Woo. yeah so that's about 10 more than I expected to get through really no not really all right, I, we're going all the way we're we gonna... we are it's it's a struggle sometimes with scheduling though it is but I believe in us. I believe in this podcast. I do too. I'm I'm thrilled to be here and, and doing it. Yeah, me too. That's it's it's fun. Yes. On the bun. Yes, exactly. To quote Bender from Futurama. It's gonna be fun on the bun. All right. So we got a couple of announcements today. We're gonna try to keep it pretty quick. Uh the website is coming along. Yes. Uh it's almost done. I would say it's done-ish. Like um, 75, 80% done. Maybe like 66% done. 69, 69% done. 69% done. Yeah, All right. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to settle on. All right. 69% guys. Um, We're, we've got the meat done. Yeah. The potatoes are cooking and we still got to start the vegetables. Okay. And pour drinks, but it's working. We're going to have drinks up. always are poured forced forced <laughs> first. Yeah. Drinks are flowing. I have not had anything to drink today, but I still can't talk as I normal. I have, if you've been following me on Instagram, but I'm, that was earlier today. So I'm sober again. Sober as a judge. <laughs> had a little bit of the, uh, Woodenville earlier while I was, uh, I smoked a barbecue or a pork butt and made barbecue out of it. Pulled pork for you people that are not in the south it was quite delicious oh it was good yeah that was my dinner yeah mine too surprisingly um so in addition to the website we have stickers they are here we still have some we have some left because i don't know exactly how many we have left um we are excited to announce that we have found where we're going to get our glasses from and yep. we are basically ready to hit the button on purchasing glasses yeah and th these will be whiskey tumblers with our logo etched um we're thinking we're going to charge seven dollars yeah. a glass around seven yep but we do want your guys's input uh feel free to let us know send us an email yeah hit us up on social media tell us hey i would pay this much for a glass or i you know i want Maybe we could do like a 
buy two for 12. Something. You know, or buy four for, what's something. seven times four? 20, 25 or something like that. But we're basically ready to hit the button on that. So if you're interested, shoot us an email. Let us know. I am. Um, in addition to, damn, I got a WD-40, the stupid thing. Um, in addition to that, our Flaviar is coming around again. It is. It should be here in a few weeks. We're not going to give any spoilers on what that is, but uh, we just wanted to put that in everybody's ear as well. And Flaviar, if you're listening, we are excited. We are very excited. And, you know, the podcast is single and looking to mingle with advertisers. So <laughs> come on, Flaviar. Play ball. <laughs> yeah, help us. Um, so Help as us a, help you. Yes, help us get people through this tough time, these tough COVID times. You know, a little yeah. alcohol always helps. Um, so you can find us all. Like I said, we're Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see all the stuff. Um, if you're not on YouTube, you can find where you can, all our social medias and whatnot in the show notes, show notes along Down with, the bottom. yes. Uh, we also have the hotline for the folks. If you have a drinking problem, uh, that's down at the bottom as well. Yep. Um, as I mentioned, email us whiskey and wonder at gmail.com. You find us on Instagram at whiskey podcast and Twitter at whiskey and one day cause they're dumb. And yes, I'm going to say that forever. Okay. Because they're dumb. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to just hop right into it today. Yeah, I'm ready. All I'm right. excited for this one. Well, so. let's get on it. Opening the bottle. All right. So today we are drinking Maker's Mark 46. Uh, this was a... Um, request from friend john so thank you friend john for this request uh tyler went out yesterday and decided that we were going to do this one today so um i'm looking forward to trying it i know it's one of your favorites uh so maybe it'll be one of ours too we're, we're gonna find out i don't know if y'all heard that but i got a hell of a pop off of it just yeah now. you did it was very pretty uh maker's mark mm. began with one family's quest to create a bourbon they enjoyed drinking and sharing with friends that's hardly revolutionary today, but in 1953, it changed an industry. So Maker's Mark has definitely been around for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> I just he forgot I, to pour my finger. <laughs> I literally poured myself a finger and put the cap back on. I was like, well, I'm done here. <laughs> Fuck you, Megan. You don't get any. All right. What were you saying? Maker's Mark is was founded when? Uh, 1953. So it, it's been in the game a long time as far as uh, American whiskeys. Yeah, that's good. Uh, making sure I'm not going to drink too much. Um, so this is directly from Maker's Mark website on their Maker's Mark 46. The first bourbon in our wood finishing series, Maker's Mark 46, was created by Bill Samuels Jr., to amplify the flavors he loves in Maker's Mark. The in innovative wood stave finishing process starts with fully matured Maker's Mark at cask strength. We then insert 10 seared virgin French oak staves stabs, <laughs> into the barrel and finish it for nine weeks in our limestone cellar. 
The result is Maker's Mark 46. Bolder and more complex, but without the bitterness typical of longer aged whiskeys. Um, so I just looked up what a French stave is. Um, and this is a very interesting looking contraption here. It's a whiskey barrel and it appears to have, uh, some sort of, uh, something to hold these wooden planks up inside of it. So it seems like it's something that's aging, like almost like wood aging from the inside with the actual liquid inside the barrel. Oh, that's interesting. But ironically, the picture that came up is Makers 46. So I guess they really do do it. (laughs) I would hope so. Yeah, this is really cool looking. All right. Interesting. All right. Um, So as you were talking, I smelled it. Um, It's, it smells really bold um, in my opinion. It smells good. Um, it definitely has a lot of like bourbon smell to it. So it's really caramely, really oaky. Um, so I'm getting a lot of wood and sweetness and that, that traditional whiskey burn when I smell it. What, what do you think of it? I haven't smelt it yet. I was oh. just curious, uh, apart from the whiff I got when I opened it. Um, I'm curious, what did you mean by bold necessarily? Like, like it, it smells strong. Okay, like burn your nose hairs? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. What, that's how I took it. I just wanted to make sure I was taking it correctly. Yes, it's a it smells strong. I don't I don't get near as much burn your nose hairs, but I definitely get some earthy. It's very woody. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense after seeing the picture of the stays with extra wood yeah. inside the uh inside the cask. Yeah, woody, and I get um, undertones of, I don't want to say this, but dirt. (laughs) Like fresh topsoil dirt, like is is how it finishes my nose. Okay. That's that's what I'm left That's actually a really good smell, so. Yeah, oh, it doesn't smell bad, but I just feel bad saying it smells like dirt. (laughs) I, I mean, it smells good, but. It, That's what it smells like to me. It's yeah, it's a very, a very earthy, earthy smelling whiskey. Yeah. Like it's, it's not artificial smelling. I guess smells like the planet, <laughs> Mother Earth. There you go. Uh, we are supposed to be smelling hints of wood staves, caramel, and sweetness. So, I mean, wood, wood and caramel and. Sweetness. So yeah, I'd I'd say we are pretty on top of it. No dirt. No dirt. But that could be wood. Maybe it was dirty wood. <laughs> You're so funny. I know. All right. Oh, well, you uh you go ahead and taste it. Tell me what you think. Um he's still smelling it, guys. He's he hasn't tasted it yet. I have not. I like to I like to smell. <laughs> All right, watching Tyler's face right now, he seems contemplative. He's smacking his lips together. All right. I've taken the one sip, and I would say all I noticed was the burn. Very, very peppery. Very on the tip of the tongue, on the middle of the tongue, and all the way down. 
very peppery. I got yes. no other flavor that time. Yes, I would agree. That first sip is super burny, peppery. Um, I, I wouldn't call it super. It wasn't overpowering. It was, yeah, it wasn't painful, but, but it, it was... It was present and the, the entire time. Yeah. yeah it was now that I'm letting the aftertaste sit, I'm getting like a wood aftertaste. I've still got the burn in the back of my throat. No? Uh, that's all I've got is the burn. Oh, maybe we swallowed it differently. Mayhaps. Megan's taking another sip, so I'm just going to talk to fill the air. <laughs> Let me tell you all the story about what happened to my barber yesterday. I'll tell it later now that she's done, but it's an interesting <laughs> one. Okay. Um, man, I I get that, that peppery, that whiskey burn is, is strong. Um, I, I, it's hard to name other flavors. So I, I just took another sip. I can pick out the vanilla in the middle, but it's very quick. Okay. Well, I can pick out vanilla. I'm not going to say the vanilla. I'm assuming it's there since it was on the nose, but I can, I do pick out a vanilla kind of a sweet yeah hint. there's kind of a sweet in the middle but i'm yeah the the overpowering for me is spice yeah pepper spice yeah that traditional whiskey burn yep uh we are supposed to be tasting very intense flavors a big crescendo of crescendo i can't say that word crescendo of wood blending perfectly with deep complex and rich notes of vanilla and caramel um, I don't know how much caramel I'm getting. Definitely, I got the vanilla, like Tyler said. Um, and I'm getting a whole lot of wood. Very oaky. Um, not in a bad way. Just, it's a very earthy tasting, uh, whiskey, I think. What, what was the first thing you said we were supposed to? Very intense flavors, a big crescendo of wood. Blending perfectly. Well, okay. Maybe it was the second thing after the wood. What was that? Uh, with deep, complex, and rich notes of vanilla and caramel. Caramel. That's what it was. That's what I was going to try to look for this time. Okay. The very instant it hits my tongue, like for that millisecond, I get caramel. Yep. That's exactly what I was about to say because like, it, it honestly reminds me of... I don't want to say it reminds me of, but it, it, I get the same caramel sense that I got last week. Okay. The same caramel, caramel flavor, just not, obviously not as strong and overpowering. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. It's, it's like there and gone, yes. but yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's like a split second. It's gone. Vanilla split second gone. Yeah. Earthy and burned. Yeah. That's pretty um, good. I just want to take a moment. Yeah, it, it's definitely good. I want to take a moment. I apologize, Megan. I, I took my shoes off and I can smell them. So I'm sorry if you can. I cannot. And okay. hopefully it stays that way. Good. Why did you take off your shoes? I want to prop my feet up over here on the computer. Okay. Well, you have fun with that. I mean, I do it every week anyway. <laughs> Normally, I just don't have shoes on. Well, I'm going to try really hard not to breathe for the next hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I reckon that'll, uh, we'll keep sipping on this and get back to you. Yeah. All right. So. Are, are you ready for the wonder segment? 
I am ready. Okay. Learn so. me some stuff about something today. All right. So I'm not going to hold my breath on this one because you are not a movie buff. But did you see The Revenant with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio that won him his Oscar? Um, I saw about... I don't, I don't even remember. I saw the first 30 or 30 minutes or an hour of it. It wasn't really long. Like three yeah, so it was, it's yeah. like a two and a half hour movie yeah, or something. I, I saw like the first 45 minutes or so. Okay, but you've seen some of it. Yeah, they kind of lost me at the part where he fought the bear. Okay, well. Didn't he fight a bear in that one? Yep. Yeah. Um, was, that, was that the beginning? I mean, that's pretty close to the beginning. Yeah, um, it, it, I just, yeah, it, it lost me. Okay, well, that uh, being said, I'm going to go over the true story of Hugh Glass today. Okay. Hugh Glass is Leonardo DiCaprio's character in The Revenant. And Hugh Glass is way crazier than the movie made him out to be. Like, I, they think they took some stuff out because it just wouldn't make sense in a movie. It was too Hollywood for Hollywood. Exactly. Hmm. So, Hugh Glass is an American frontiersman and fur trapper. Almost nothing is known about his background. Because of the legends surrounding Glass, a lot of his history can't be proven by historians. Um, so, I'm going to tell you what we think best happened. What we really think is probably his actual legacy. Um, but, again, there's lots of different sources um, all of his history comes from, like, hearsay. Like, oh, I talked to Hugh Glass's second cousin in the damn tavern the other day, and this happened. I like how you put on a country voice for that, by the way. Oh, you liked that? That was nice? <laughs> yeah. All right. I try. <laughs> so Glass was born in 1783 in Pennsylvania, and he spent his early life as a sailor. In fact, by 30, he was a ship captain. But in 1819, off the coast near modern-day Texas in the Gulf of Mexico, his ship was attacked and captured by pirates. Bloody pirates. <laughs> I wish I had that as a sound. I don't think Disney would let us have that no, as a sound. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> um, the pirate captain offered Glass two choices. Join his crew... Or be murdered and tossed into the sea. Easy choice. Yep. Hugh Glass. <laughs> no, 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 no. Number one. Um, Hugh Glass joined the joined the pirates and spent a year doing debaucherous pirate things, uh, raping, pillaging, you know that fun stuff. Well, you said doing fun pirate things. I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. And then you said raping. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, real pirates were not that wonderful people, except Blackbeard was pretty darn cool. Yes, the gentleman pirate. Yes. For reference, you guys should go check out that episode. I think it was uh, episode, um, yeah, that episode. It's Edward Teach, if anyone yes. is looking it up. Edward Teach. Yes. I will find out exactly which episode that was. Okay. It was, uh, fuck, <laughs> episode nine. Episode 9. Check out Episode 9 if you want to learn more about the Gentleman Pirate. Uh, yep. 
I misread that. I thought it was 19. I was like, no way. <laughs> 19 was last week. That's why I was like, no way. No way in hell it was 19. All right. Well, I'm just going to give up on that. Oh. Then, I, then I reread it. <laughs> All right. So he was forced supposedly into doing all this pirate stuff, but eventually he and another captive pirate were able to jump overboard while they were near a coast and they were able to swim to shore near modern day Galveston. And the two deserters decided that they would head north to St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. Listen to episode one about the uh, Olympic marathon that happened in St. Louis. Man, we got all kind of callbacks. Today. I know we do. So a thousand miles into their journey, they were captured by a group of Pawnee Native Americans. This particular branch of tribe often made tribe, not tried. This particular branch of the tribe often made human sacrifices, usually young girls to the god of the morning star. Now, when they caught these two fools, they decided they could make an exception and decided they were going to to two sacri- for one two yeah, for one exactly we're, we, we're we, gonna... two two grown men for one young virgin exactly i mean equal trade right yeah it's equal trade for sun god <laughs> morning star god That's morning star sun uh, same, same thing, thing. <laughs> uh so glass was picked as the second sacrifice so he had to sit there and watch as his friend and former crewmate was tied to a pole, inserted slivers of resinous pine into his skin, also called Fortwood. Now, Fort Footwood, not Fortwood, Fatwood. No, wow, my handwriting is bad. Resinous pine is called Fatwood. That is the correct thing I was supposed to say. I don't care what it called. I'm going to nope right on out of that situation. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what it was. Oh, no. Because when I was reading it, I had no idea. So I had to go on a different tangent and look up what in the hell resinous pine is and why they're sticking it in his skin. Well, fatwood is the product of a felled pine tree where the heartwood, think the center where the circles are, uh, becomes hard and rot resistant. After the tree's death, the sap will turn into hard resin, like shards of glass. At this stage, the fatwood is highly flammable and will catch easily unless excessively wet. So, they filled this motherfucker up like a pincushion with sticks of wood. Or these, the flammable wood? Oh, yeah. But, all right, so I have a question. Yes. This is very flammable stuff, except when wet. The human body when, is like... No, they would. They didn't... They inserted it like a pincushion, so there were still sticks oh, sticking, still sticking out of out. him. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Oof. I thought you, there, I was... For whatever reason, when you said... Um, you wood, were thinking shoots and nose nails? Thinking, yes. Oh, that... Oh, my... Mm. No, no. No, thank you. This is they inserted all sorts of sticks of wood all over him like a pincushion mm. and proceeded to light him on fire. Mm. Yeah. I'm so on, I'm on a nope. Goodbye. Pew glasses friend who we never have a name for. So I guess he wasn't that good of a friend. <laughs> um, so Hugh glass watched all of this happen 
and as a last ditch effort to save his life, offered the chief a vial of cinnabar that he had in his pocket. Now, you're a geologist, so I'm sure you know what cinnabar is, but I do. For those of you who don't, cinnabar is a flaky red mineral that was that's used around the world still today, even in pottery, makeup, and war paint. Why he had this vial of cinnabar? I don't know, but he did. So lucky fucking day. Yep. So he handed it to the chief. He's like, hey, look what I have. You can have this. And the chief accepted the gift and was impressed with glasses cojones because he stood up like that and he was able to like look him right in the eye and offer him this gift. So instead of sacrificing him to the god of the morning star, they offered Hugh Glass a home amongst the Pawnee tribe and he became an honorary Pawnee and he lived with them for two years. What I have learned so far, because as Megan alluded to, I am a geologist and I have a chunk of cinnabar. I'm going to carry it with me everywhere I go <laughs> from here on out. It could save your life one day. It could. I'm going to carry all of my minerals, but then people might think I'm a crystal you're, person. You're a crystal person. <laughs> we can make them like into a big necklace. No, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, I think that'd be so much no, fun. No, thank you. I'm just going to carry this in a bar. <laughs> uh, so in these two years, he lived with this Native American tribe. He learned several survival survival skills from them. Um, he learned tomahawk chopping, um, har- uh, harvesting or sucking the marrow from buffalo bones. He learned how to throw lances and lots, lots and lots and lots of other different things that the Native Americans did to survive Survive. yeah now historians figure this was the time where he found and claimed his legendary rifle a 54 caliber hawken that glass became uncomfortably attached to this gun was his baby just remember that for later this gun is his life he loved this gun to an unhealthy level all right So in January of 1823, Glass accompanied the Pawnee chief east to St. Louis to meet with the superintendent of Indian affairs. When the chief went back to his tribe, Hugh Glass chose to stay in the city. They parted amicably and Glass retained his honorary Pawnee status for the rest of his life. So, you know. Any ideas on how big that tribe is, the Pawnees, or how big were they at that point? Uh, I do not know. Okay. Um, I, I, the reason I asked, I'm just curious, like you said, he retained it for the rest of his life, but what if, I, I was it just like that little band of Pawnee or was oh, it like the greater the Pawnee? Greater, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm just curious. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how he would prove himself being a white man. I don't know if he could just say like, I am one of you. <laughs> Maybe he learned the language. Well, I guess anybody could have learned the language. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had a secret handshake. Oh, the Freemasons. Illuminati. (laughs) Illuminati confirmed. Oh, yeah. So he he decides he's going to live in St. Louis, which was his original goal um, way back when he escaped the pirates. He just took a detour. Yeah. For a couple of years, hung out with the natives. Learned some skills. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he marched to the beat of his own drum. Everything happens for a reason. We're going to find out that that is so true. 
So an ad in a newspaper, the Missouri Republican, was placed by the Rocky Mountain Fur Company. They were looking for 100 men to leave St. Louis and head west to trap beavers for $200 annually, which I looked up. That is approximately $4,961 U.S. dollars in 2021 currency. So trap beavers for $5,000 a year. Oh. Damn. Yep. That sucks. Well, uh, well, we'll see. Apparently, that was a good deal. So uh, this piqued Hugh Glass's interest, and he decided he wanted to join the company. Mid-19th century fur trapping was dangerous work and hard labor. It was not a job for the meek. Trappers were typically loud and profane with a penchant for violence. The party set out on the Missouri River in March, led by General William Ashley. Four men died within the first few days. One fell overboard and was claimed by the river. Three exploded into pieces when someone lit a pipe too close to explosives. (gasps) (laughs) So don't have an open flame near things that go boom. Bad things happen. I I think we learned that a little bit to have another throwback in the uh, 1906 San Francisco earthquakes. Hey! I almost said... (laughs) Another podcast that we <laughs> each listen to. I've said it on here once before. Uh, in the nineteen oh six San Francisco earthquake episode. Yes. Damn firemen. Didn't yep. comprehend that uh <laughs> no. sentiment. We've come a long way, hopefully. You'd think. So other than the four men dying there in the initial like takeoff, uh things were Pretty calm until General Ashley went ashore to make a trade with the Arikara tribe, also known as the Rees. General Ashley asked Chief Grey Eyes if they could spare 50 horses for his party. The chief agreed in exchange for a few kegs of gunpowder. <laughs> Luckily, that smoker didn't destroy every keg they had. And the trade went really smoothly. Most of the company set up camp on the sandbar outside of the Arikara village, and things were going to be fine. I would like to take a moment and take a guess at what happens, because I don't remember anything from the movie except him fighting a bear <laughs> okay. and getting stranded alone. Yeah. Um, spoiler. They set up camp on a sandbar. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like a flood's about to happen? I don't know. I don't know why you feel that. Am I, is a flood about to happen? Nope. Okay. Nope, I not at all. I just figured they were going to set up on a sandbar and the rain of all rains was going to come down and upstream and just wash that sandbar away. Nope. Okay. Not what happened. Okay. So, uh, sadly, some of the party decided to celebrate the successful trade by sneaking into the village to have relations with some of the maidens inside. Ah. Yep. Uh, Aaron Stevens, one of the douchebags, was caught and his throat was slit. So this kind of voided their entire trade and the Rees attacked the company first thing in the morning, wounding Glass and killing 15 of his companions. Now, this is the first scene of The Revenant. This is where the movie The Revenant begins. Gotcha. 
Now, I'm going to go on a little sidebar because I thought this was fascinating, but we will get back to Hugh Glass in just a second. What the film doesn't go over is the counterattack and the siege of the re-village led by Lieutenant Henry Levensworth and 250 U.S. soldiers and hundreds of Sioux warriors, a rival tribe with a deep hatred of the Arikara. And I bring this up because this was the first ever military encounter between the U.S. and Native Americans in the West. The Arikara War officially ended on July 18, 1825, when both parties signed a peace treaty. They never engaged in battle with each other again. The U.S. and the Reese tribe. So, first ever official military conflict with Native Americans in the West. My question is about the lieutenant. Is the isn't Levin Levensworth a prison? Uh, I don't know. I, think, I didn't really I, look into okay. Levensworth a whole lot, other than finding out that that was like the first time there was a conflict. I just thought that was fascinating that it all tied into Hugh Glass. It's crazy son of a bitch. Oh no! Apparently, it's a city in Washington State. <laughs> oh, there is a penitentiary. Oh, hey, there you go. See, Levensworth. you weren't wrong. In Levensworth, Kansas, actually, not apparently. There's two Levensworth. I I remember hearing something somebody was talking about. It was a TV show, and they're like, "Where'd you get this tattoo?" Levensworth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this big, gruff-looking dude. All right. Well, uh, anyway, back to Hugh Glass. So after this conflict, William Ashley and Andrew Henry, which were the co-owners and the founders of the Rocky Mountain Fur Company, determined that the Missouri River was no longer going to be a viable route to the Rockies. So the partners decided to split the group of trappers and take two different paths west. Hugh Glass ended up in Andrew Henry's party. It's unknown if he was volunteer if he volunteered to go with Henry or if he was voluntold to go with Henry. But they were heading northwest to Fort Henry. There's a lot of Henrys in this, and they're not all related. Uh, heading northwest to Fort Henry at the start of Yellowstone. Fort Henry was a new fort and located in hostile Blackfoot territory. Fearing for his trappers and his own safety, led Andrews Henry, Andrew Henry, to move his group quick as possible to the fort and relative safety, as safe as you could get in early 1800s Western world. Henry's party was said to have 30 men in total, including the crew needed to run the keel boat, 13 men to pilot the narrow river boat, seven train trappers looking forward to them, two Benjamins a year. Mm, I still can't get over that. Yeah, two Benjamins a year. I can't get over that. It's only $5,000 now. <laughs> um, horses were in short supply because rapists. Darn rapists. What were they doing? Raping the horses? <laughs> they but lost They the, lost them in the... The trade. The, yeah, from raping them. Yeah. Raping the women. And they were supposed to get them, but then... Thought with the wrong head. Yep. <laughs> God. Okay, well, I'm going to take a sip of whiskey. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. So, because of lack of horses, the men had to travel by foot, and they led pack animals through the dense wilderness. 
da, da, da. Okay. According to Trappers, Potts, and Harris, in late August, in the dead of night, the company was fired upon by members of the, oh, fuck, Hidotha. Mm, all right. I even wrote in my notes, blame Miriam, Webst Miriam Webster if I'm saying any of this shit wrong. Um, I used Miriam Webster to look up the pronunciation of all the Native American tribe names for this episode, and I still don't know if it's right. Uh, so, Trappers Potts and Harris said that in the dead of night, the company was fired upon by the Hadatha tribe. Now, this was strange because they were not a member of the Blackfoot Confederation and were known to be incredibly friendly. In fact, this is the only recorded incident of hostility towards the white man in the entire tribe's history. Potts and Harris said the attack resulted in two men wounded and two dead. Now, I'm not saying they were liars. But they weren't telling the truth. <laughs> but it's a little sus that uh, this was like a super friendly tribe that never had any issues with anyone. And then just one night they attacked. I don't, I don't think that's the way the world works. So. But, yeah, I, I tend to not believe in coincidences like that. Yeah. In early September of 1823, Henry and his remaining 15 trappers were in the Grand River Valley. Hugh Glass was quite a bit ahead, as his role of hired hunter required him to search for game. So he's searching for game. He has to be far ahead because everyone else is going to cause the game to run away. That's when he stumbles upon two bear cubs in the forest. And Mama Bear was right there. <gasps> Seeing Glass as a threat to her babies, the grizzly bear began a vicious attack on the man. The three-inch claws obliterated Glass's body, rending his flesh to shreds and tossing chunks of meat across the brush. Hearing Glass's screams, several party members sprinted ahead to his aid. Most accounts say the men who came to help him killed the grizzly. Some say that Glass killed her himself. So take of that what you will. This makes me think, I've referenced the show before on here, Hell on Wheels. I'm going to give a big time spoiler alert here, guys. So if you're ever going to watch that show, tune out for like the next 20 seconds. Um, one of the main characters, uh, the the black man character ends up stumbling in the woods alone and kills a grizzly bear with a knife. But the bear proceeds to like break a tooth off in his skull. Oh dear. Yeah. It's it. I feel like part of that was inspired by, by Hugh glass. Yeah. This Hugh probably glass a little story. bit. Yeah. Um, because Hugh glass was in bad shape. Like his body was a ground beef, bad shape. His arms, chest, and scalp were lacerated to hell, and every breath he took seeped blood bubbles from his mouth. Ooh. Yeah. Everyone knew that Glass was on borrowed time, and were sure he'd be dead by morning. But he Leave wasn't. It. He was not dead by morning. Mm. Henry, determined to keep moving towards Yellowstone, 
ordered the men to make a stretcher to carry glass until his death. They carried him for two days. That was nice. Uh, well, this they are good Christian men. They can't leave someone just to die in the woods. That is anti-Christian. Does it say in the Bible, don't leave people to die? <laughs> I, I mean, you're you're supposed to be a good, a good man. Well, love, I don't know. I don't know. Love thy neighbor. Love thy what neighbor. About women. I don't know. <laughs> this is hard. Okay. <laughs> well, they carried him on the stretcher for two days. He's still breathing. He's still alive. But the slow pace was worrying Henry. Their party needed to regroup with the other party that split off um, back at the disaster of the re-village. And Henry wanted them to get moving. So he was still positive that Hugh Glass was set to die at any moment and asked for two volunteers to stay with Glass to give him a proper burial after his last breath. For taking this dangerous task, the volunteers would be giving would be given an $80 bonus each. $80 is $1,984 in 2021 U.S. currency. Yeah, but at the time, that was almost half of what they were getting paid. Yes. Sold. Yeah. You telling me all I got to do is wait and watch this guy die and dig a hole and then come find y'all? Well, it was very hard for them to get any volunteers. No one wanted to stay. Really? Yeah. Um. So this is around the time where all of the um, fear of Native Americans is being pressured and they're in the middle of the woods. I forgot and, they were in hostile Native territory. Yep. Mm. And so everyone was like, oh, Make it a hundo 60. Yeah. Um, I actually found some sources that said they offered $400 each to the men who stayed behind. I couldn't find any site that actually verified that um, because that is two years salary. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to say that they were offered that much money. I'm going to stick with my 80. I, I know you don't know this, but I'm interested if they were paid up front or if they would have had to collect after the fact. Do you want do you want me to tell you? Do you know it? Yeah. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, they had. To get paid after the fact. Oh, hell no. No, you got to. No, I need at least a hundo 60 and you nope. got to pay me up front. Nope. They get paid when they meet up with nope. everyone again. Nope. I ain't doing it. Well, a lot of people were with your mindset. Yep. Show me the money. <laughs> so this allowed him to set the pace that he desired while also fulfilling his Christian duty to care for the men of his company. So eventually there were two men that agreed to stay behind. Uh, one was an experienced woodsman and trapper named John Fitzgerald, and the other was a teenage newbie named Bridger. For five days, they did their best to keep Glass comfortable as they waited for him to die. They, uh, I'm, I must have misunderstood. They're just staying there. Yeah. They just set oh, up camp. I thought they were like, hey, you guys just follow at a slower pace. Oh, no. Oh. No, you just sit here and wait until he dies. He dies, you bury him, you come catch up. Hmm. Yeah, so. no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. Well, they, they stayed there for five days. But Hugh Glass was not dying. And the volunteers were getting more and more nervous about hanging around. So the two had a conversation, which Glass later claimed he overheard, 
about leaving Glass behind. No one expected him to live this long, and he surely wouldn't last much longer. But the longer they stayed, the bigger the chance of being killed themselves. So they left Glass lying beside a stream and a berry bush. Uh, Fitzgerald convinced the kid that they'd earned their money and stayed far longer than anyone else would have. So, hey, we've been here five days. No one else at the company would have even waited that long. He's going to die. It's just, it's time for us to go. We earned our money. It's time for us to go. The Bible has uh, two added commandments that I just earned. Number one, look out for thyself. And number two, five day waiting, five day grace period. That's five it. You, you, can be a good, you can be a good Christian man. <laughs> After five days, you can just leave him. You're still a good Christian man <laughs> or woman. <laughs> that, that is what I've learned. Oh, that's beautiful. I think we should make those official commandments. Numbers uh, 11 and 12, right there. All right. Take notes, church. Satan. <laughs> Take notes, Satan. We're, we're at 12 now. So, uh, they, being good Christians, went and laid him by a stream and a berry bush. So, I mean... He had food, he had he water. He had food, he had water. What else could you ask for? Had a, probably had a view. I mean, he yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Could he open his eyes? Yes. Oh, okay. he was able to open his eyes um, and like look around. That's pretty much all he did. And then like blood would like yeah, gurgle blood. Yeah. Um. So Fitzgerald was convinced that he was going to die, and a dead man wouldn't need the stuff he had. So they took. His beloved Hawken rifle, his knife, his fire kit, and any other items they deemed a dead man wouldn't need. Well, they took his rifle, and oh no. Oh no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Hugh Glass, officially abandoned and left for dead, said, fuck that, and began summoning his strength. He drank from the stream and ate berries from the bush until he could begin to crawl to safety. He was determined to live by a sheer will and an obsessive desire for revenge on the men that abandoned him and stole his rifle. He began his arduous journey downstream toward Fort Kiowa. Initially, he pulled himself along, like surviving on insects, roots, and apparently a rattlesnake he killed with a rock. Like, dude is crawling, pulling himself along, sees a rattlesnake, grabs a rock, is like, Nyaw! dead. That yeah. has to be the dumbest rattlesnake. <laughs> I mean. Or, I have another theory. Mm -hmm. We have found the real life Wolverine. Oh. Maybe, I mean. Maybe the snake bit him and it just regenerated, you know? He, I mean. He, with how much he's survived, you might not be far off. He could be still wandering around there somewhere. Exactly. Like, Shaved. He's got a black glasses and a beanie on. Growing <laughs> a beard. Trying to live amongst us normal people. Where's flannel? Um, his leg was broken. So he is pulling himself along the ground with a broken leg. 
His throat was so badly destroyed that he would never talk the same way again. His wounds were open and festering. Maggots were crawling in his wounds. It, it, he was a, I was going to say a walking corpse, but no, he was a crawling corpse. He was a dragging corpse. Mm. He was, he was dead man crawling. <laughs> like, but he, he moved. And between a week or two from the start of his trek, he came across a wolf pack eating and killing a buffalo calf. Now, this buffalo calf, he wanted, but he wasn't stupid. So he waited and he watched the wolves eat, let them eat their fill, stayed really far away. But as soon as the wolves were done and they left whatever carcass remains, he shuffled himself over there like a snake slithering and ate raw buffalo so delicious um but eating that raw buffalo really helped him gather his strength back yes yes meat nourishment this is why people should be vegetarians Mm. (laughs) we're not going to talk about you (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm right no anyway i can gather halfway to fort uh kiowa he from what i can gather uh Halfway to Fort Kiowa, he ran into a tribe of friendly Native Americans. The exact tribe he ran into is highly debated. I saw people say it was Sioux. I saw people say it was the Arikara again. I, I, there, we don't know. He ran into a friendly tribe. Were the Sioux friendly? Yeah. I thought they were one of the like most deadly. Uh, we the Sioux worked with us a lot. And who was like one of the most dead? Oh, the Apaches. Never mind. I'm done. I'm I'm ignorant when it comes to Native American history. None of them were really that dangerous. White men are just stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, so this friendly tribe uh, cleaned his wounds, fed him, and many accounts tell of them sewing bear skin um, onto his wounds as a bandage of sh- sorts to keep yeah, maggots like a good and idea. shit away. Yeah. So Hugh Glass is just a walking Wolverine. Again, I'm going to give a, a spoiler for that show, guys, so tune out for 20 seconds. Um, yeah, that sounds a lot like what happened to Elam Ferguson. In the show, he was discovered by a group of Indians and taken in and... Native Americans. Tomato, tomato. And you say, uh, or you say. <laughs> <laughs> and he was healed and um, essentially taken in as part of the tribe. Yeah. Yep. Sounds like they got a lot of inf- inspiration from Hugh Glass for yeah. this show. Oh, yeah. So, but again, all of this is hearsay. This is Hugh Glass one day in a bar getting drunk, telling his story. So I can't tell you how much of everything I just said is true, other than the fact that he was for sure attacked by a bear. He was for sure abandoned. He did for sure survive somehow. Either way, whether he had helped or merely suffered through alone, he successfully made it to his destination. Some 250 miles and six weeks 
from where he started. He made it to Fort Kiowa. Imagine being the dude, like, at the gate of Fort Kiowa, (laughs) watching this son of a bitch, like, stumble in with a broken leg that's, like, all wonky, and he has bare skin, like, stitched to him, and his throat is, like, hanging open, and... I would be scared shitless. I, I that is hoped, a zombie. I would have hoped they did something about the throat hanging open. Well, and I'm just picturing a zombie stumbling mm. towards this fort. So it took him a while, but eventually he was fully recovered. He never talked right again, but I mean, his throat was eviscerated, so whatever. He was fully recovered and seething for vengeance and his rifle. He began the task of tracking Bridger and Fitzgerald. Now, he eventually found Bridger at Fort Henry, and the kid thought he was a literal ghost. So this was the ghost of Christmas past. Come fuck him up. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't a ghost. He was a real alive. And instead of killing him, Glass forgave him because Bridger had been just a kid and he was manipulated by Fitzgerald. And Glass said he was awake for Fitzgerald talking to him. So he basically put the fear of God into Bridger. Like, you better be a better man from here on out or I'll come find you. And more importantly, you better tell me where the fuck Fitzgerald is. <laughs> yeah, I need my rifle. Um, And he began uh, his search to find John Fitzgerald. John Fitzgerald was a lot harder to find. So it took him another very long trek Eventually, he arrived in Fort Atkinson in 1824, and he confirmed that Fitzgerald was there by an army captain named Bennett Riley. Bennett Riley knew that Fitzgerald was there because Fitzgerald had enlisted in the army. Now, killing a soldier was a severe crime. And Bennett Riley informed Glass, because Glass was like open about his plan. He's like, I'm going to find that son of a bitch. I'm going to kill him for him leaving me. And Bennett was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I get where you're coming from. I do. I do. But if you do that, you're going to die too. So, is it worth it? But Bennett, uh, Bennett Riley was moved by Glass's story. And he offered to go to Fitzgerald and retrieve his beloved rifle for him. And so Hugh Glass was reunited reunited with his baby, the 54 caliber Hawken rifle he'd traveled with for years. Another popular ending to the tale has Glass find Fitzgerald and forgive him as he did Bridger, but no ending can truly be verified. The legendary Hugh Glass died in 1833 10 years after a grizzly bear should have killed him. But he loved that gun. That reminds me of, um, damn, I just lost it. It was a TV show or something where, uh, it was something similar. Somebody wanted, oh man, I can't believe that just escaped my mind. You'll think of it. I will. It'll come back to me. Yeah. So I am very, I'm very skeptical of these one person, one witness stories. I, I, yeah, I know. And I'm, so the entire company, the, we know he was attacked by a bear because that entire 
company of 17, 18 men, however much. Uh-oh. I just broke it. Oh, I'm back. I didn't hear myself for a second. So I don't know if I unplugged something or broke something, but I'm yeah, not no, going to move again. You, I, I saw you had the cord on, on the back of your hand and we're moving back. Oops. Okay. Not doing that again. Just going to sit here and not move. You can move. It's fine. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? So the uh, 17 men of the Rocky Mountain uh, Fur Company confirmed that he was attacked by a bear. They confirmed his wounds and everything, and they confirmed that they did have to leave him, and they left those two men behind. So the grizzly bear part of the story, I'm going to say is true, no matter how much else was faked. He survived a grizzly attack somehow, some way. Now, in the movie The Revenant, um, Hugh Glass goes and gets revenge on these two men because these two men killed his son. Um, spoiler alert. Oops. Anyway. <laughs> mm. uh, and Hugh Glass didn't have a son. But Hollywood didn't think it would be realistic for a man to go so ballistic over losing a rifle. So they included a son. So he had a little bit better of a reason to uh, get so mad at them. I don't think anyone in Hollywood besides Keanu Reeves and well, Joe Rogan's not in Hollywood anymore, owns the firearm. So I can't see them understanding that. <sighs> I... Like I said, I'm very skeptical of these one person. I would imagine, I would guess he probably got picked up by a friendly native tribe and healed, and it just took him a while to heal. It's like the lone survivor story. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think of it as like the Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Sea turtles. You know, like <laughs> yeah. in actuality, somebody just came along and he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, and that's not a fun story. It's so not a fun story. I'm not going to go by that. I'm going to go by what I said. All right. Fair um, enough. I'm, I'm going to continue to be the realist. That, party and pooper. I will be the <laughs> dreamer of our group and we will survive together. I will drink to that. Mm -hmm. And I think on that note. <laughs> Final thoughts. Uh, I tried to drag that out while I found the button. I couldn't remember which one it was. <laughs> I almost hit two other ones before that. Um, so I have been sipping on this. I'm almost done with it. I've got about one, maybe two more sips. I have about a half a finger left. It is harder to drink when you are the wonder presenter of the week. So It, it definitely is. Um, I would say... This is, I stand by what I said earlier. It's overpoweringly, the burn is a little overpowering. It overpowers everything else. Um, the, the caramel and vanilla are there for just a second. And then I'm not getting any woody flavor at no? all. No, the burn is overpowering. It's lingering with me. Um, I would say... For this whiskey, if I was going to reach for it, it would be with an ice ball. 
I was going to say, I really want to try this one with an ice ball and see how much the burn goes away Yep, I and think. how many more flavors come out of it. And I, I'll tell you another thing is I would like to try um, the like metal ice cubes. The ones the that, whiskey stones. The whiskey stones that don't dilute it or are no. the the glasses are the Everest the glasses. Everest glasses. That we should be getting in April. Yeah. Those yeah. I, I'm I'm excited for those. I'm really excited for yeah. those too. Um if you don't know, and this is a shout out to the Everest Glasses company. Um they were on Kickstarter last year, twenty twenty, and they are a whiskey glass that has a glass two scale model of Mount Everest in the middle that you stick in your freezer and it'll chill your whiskey in 30 seconds without ever diluting it. And me and Tyler ordered a couple of those, so they should be here in April and uh, we'll let you know what we think of them. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Uh, Also, I got whiskey stones from my mom for um, Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. So uh, I can bring those over sometime and we can see what they're like. Maybe we could do a comparison and contrast with an ice ball versus, ball versus stone. Stones, yeah, yeah, not a bad I, idea. I've actually been thinking about getting a set myself. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what that's where I stand on this. the The spiciness, the burn on it, is overpowering everything else. I. I hate to agree with you because I really wanted to like this one more than I was because I really like the bottle and I really like friend John and I know he loves this whiskey. Um, but I'm just kind of stuck with the burn. Um, I get the split second of sweetness that's almost so gone so fast. I don't even want to mention it. Um, and then there's a whole lot of burn and there is a nice aftertaste. I get a wood aftertaste. Like sits like wood sitting on the back of my tongue, which I like, but the burn is strong, and it's it's definitely one I want to try with a uh, an ice ball to see maybe if that will take away some of that burn and make it a little bit smoother to drink. Um, but right now, just drinking it neat, I I'm gonna say this is only a four for me. I'm going to go a little higher and say it's a five. Okay. Neat. Um, friend John, feel free. Shoot us an email. I'm curious as to how you drink it. Yeah. Do you, do you drink it neat? Do you mix it? Do you have it with ice? Are we just pussies? Let yeah, us know. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Let us know. I, I'm curious on what you do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. The burn is just forefront and takes away from, all the flavors, like the the in- intricacies. Ah, uh, yeah, flavors is a better word. I was gonna say the enjoyment, but I don't. I don't want to say mm. that because I I enjoy burn. I just don't yes. enjoy it being the sole aspect of the whiskey. Yeah, the the main feature, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm I'm right with you there. Um. All right. Well, on that one, and I definitely wouldn't shoot this one no 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 that makes my throat burn just thinking about it i did one baby trial and it burnt the whole way down ouch no thank you not not for me um all right so at this point 
we'll get on into trivia with Tyler real quick. Oh, got, another Tyler nugget. I have a quick, quick, um, excuse me, that I had some saliva get yeah. hung up in my throat. <laughs> <there. laughs> All right. So, all right. What is our trivia with Tyler this week? What's our Tyler nugget? All right. So, have you ever heard of the company? The uh, it's a German international package delivery company. It's called DHL. I cannot say that I have. Okay. I think if I show you the logo here, you'll you'll have seen it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I've seen that logo. Yeah, it's uh, yellow with red writing. It says DHL. Yeah, I definitely have seen that. Um, all right, so if I can get my windows organized here, there we go. Um, all right, so Larry Hillblom, who is the H in DHL, regularly took quote unquote sex safaris to Asia where he would prey on underage girls. Oh my God. When he died in a plane crash. Four illegitimate children that he fathered were able to claim $50 million each from his estate. Fuck yeah. Due to paternity tests. Fuck yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't due to paternity test. It was due to uh, there was no way to recover DNA after the oh, plane crash. So they were just like, yeah, well, that's my dad. Yep. Well, fuck rapists. And yep. they deserve all the nasty shit that happens to them. Yep. I, fucking assholes. Oh, so. I thought well, that was very interesting. And just yeah. for anyone else curious, the uh, the three founders were Adrian Dalsey, Larry Hillblom, the guy that died in the plane crash with, you know, his sex safaris and whatnot. And his rape safaris. Let's yes. call them what they are. Rape Pedophile safaris. rape safaris. And the other guy was Robert Lynn. So that's a little creepy Tyler nugget for you there today. Hey, I will uh, never look at the H in DHL the same when I see it. I'm just going to kind of feel sick on my stomach. I'm like, Ugh, fucker. I, I understand. I'm trying to... I'm glad his kids got money from his death. Yeah. At least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, next we got on the schedule is Mailbag. <laughs> time sorry you guys saw me playing air drums there along with the uh little adorb <laughs> yeah um so this week uh megan why don't you handle this one? Oh, um because i didn't have the email pulled up so oh, i thought well, you were gonna do oh, it uh, okay i'll handle it okay yeah we, Tyler, do it we got an email as per usual thank you for sending us an email <laughs> one email um, please for the love of god send us more please 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 it pretty much Short, sweet, to the point. It was from uh, Megan's dad. Hi, dad. I never got my damn sticker. <laughs> so we, um, will, we will get you a sticker in the mail. Yes. She will get you a sticker in the mail. <laughs> I will. I am the world's best procrastinator. <gasps> um. Dad, you grew up with me. You know this. So eventually you're going to get a sticker. I promise. I'm going to send it this this week. I'm going to say I'm going to send it this week. I'm going to go to FedEx and get it sent. That's FedEx. Goals. Just throw it in a letter. I have to send him something else. Uh, too. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So. All right. Well, 
I guess on that note, guys. Oh, I need to send my mom and my sister stickers too. Whoops. She's fired. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess on that note, it's going to be a relatively short episode. We don't have too much else to talk about today. Uh, oh, I was going to tell my barber story. Yes. I um, want to hear this. Okay. So I, uh, I, I have a, I'm going for promotion at work tomorrow. I'll just put that out there. And so I have an interview. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I went, I was, if you've been watching us on YouTube, I look like a damn woolly booger. (laughs) And if you don't know, if you're not from the South and don't know what a woolly booger is, just watch our previous episodes on YouTube. And he looked like a mountain man. I think lumberjack physique is what I coined it. Um, no, I was beyond that. I was, (laughs) I feel like I'm at lumberjack physique now. I feel like Wooly yeah. Booger is like I haven't touched my beard or my hair for two or three months. Yeah, um, okay, I'll agree with that. And that's about where it was. And um, so anyway, I proceeded to to make a long story short. My regular barber right before COVID started, uh, as in the day before COVID shut down all the barbershops in North Carolina, uh, quit cutting hair. And before the day before. Yeah, okay. she she decided to make a career change. So Well, good for her. Yeah, good for her, but fuck me, right? I've been looking <laughs> I've been looking for a good barber for two years. I found her for like three or four months and then she decides a career change. Great. So I'm back on the hunt for a good barber. And um so I reached or I reached out. I booked an appointment yesterday with my barber prior to her. Uh with that shop. Different barber. Apparently the shop has a lot of turnover. And so I go Uh-oh. into the barber shop. And I, there was, there was a, a dude cutting hair and a lady cutting hair. And I had my appointment with the lady. And so I'm sitting there. She's finishing up somebody. The dude's finishing up somebody. I'm on my phone waiting. And I see the, the male barber going to the bathroom. Okay. You know, everybody, everybody got to pee, take a dump sometimes, you know, whatever you got to do. Everybody poops. Yep. And girls fart. Don't let them lie to you. <laughs> they no. do. I've, I've heard it. Lies. Um. Anyway, he goes in the bathroom. I get called into the chair. I'm having the lady do my hair, do my beard. And she's halfway done with my haircut. She hasn't touched the beard yet, but halfway done. It's been a solid 15 minutes. And the dude comes out of the bathroom. His next client's already sitting in the chair waiting. And the dude, I, I wasn't paying that much attention until I heard the client in the other chair say, are you all right, man? <laughs> you, you, you sure you're okay? You, you're not. Yeah. And, and I started like listening at that point and watching. And then I noticed my barber was watching. She's watching what's going on. And so like my haircuts only supposed to take 30 to 45 minutes. And it took, it ended up taking like an hour and a half. Oh, you big baby. I'm no, I'm not complaining about the time I had nothing to do, but okay. I'm just saying that's how much she was watching. And so we start watching and this dude's like even getting the skin of this guy with, with the clippers. Like it's Jesus. You can tell like the, the guy getting his haircut is he keeps clipping him and pinching him. Making oh my him pain. God. And the dude's just like, Oh man, he just wasn't there. And so my barber goes to me and she's like, it's a small place, so everybody can hear everybody. She just kind of mumbles, you know what's going on? And I just kind of looked at her like, uh, 
can I say this? And I, and, and I was like, yeah, I think so. And she goes, okay, well, if I stop cutting, I'm just watching. All right, I got you. Do what you got to do. So the rest of the haircut goes by for me and the other dude. And he proceeds, the guy is like, are you having a stroke? Or are you doing something? The guy that's in his chair, he's like, <laughs> and, and I think he was just being polite. I think he knew what was going on too. This dude had gone in the bathroom. I don't know what he did. And it obviously wasn't weed. But he, I don't know if he went and shot up heroin or if oh, he did some Oh shit, pills. I was thinking he was really sick. No, he went in there and did some kind of drug. Oh, and like that was, went a different direction yeah, than what I thought. Was, I thought he was like, Food poisoned or something. No, he was legitimately. He he kept saying he had a migraine behind his left eye, but and he got better as the cut went on. So I guess that initial high was a hell of a high, and he just slowly was coming down from it. But okay, I don't know what he was on. And and I asked her when I went up to pay. I was like, was he feeling bad before before uh, he went in the bathroom? Because he was in the bathroom for like fifteen minutes. And she's like, no, he went in there. And he's high as a kite right now. Oh, I don't know what he's on. No. And, and she's like, I'm not comfortable working here with this. Uh, and she's like, I'm so sorry. You had to do it. I'm like, lady, you got to deal with this all day. I'm High leaving. turnover rate. Makes sense now. I can hear I've see ne- that. I've never seen either one of those barbers there before. Wow. Granted, I haven't been there in almost a year, but. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that guy gets fired. Yeah. He was talking about. I hope having, he gets help and gets fired. Yeah. He was talking about having a kid. And. Oh, no. Uh, that, oh my god! Like, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna catch hell for this. Um, I'm all for people. You know, you do you. Put what you want to in your body, but at at some point, especially like having a kid, you got to be responsible. You shouldn't be, especially at work. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have a job where you take straight razors, and like oh. I, I get my neck shaved with a straight razor. I don't want you around my fucking jugular. On some Yikes. kind of drugs with a straight goddamn razor, cut my fucking jugular. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I would have, if I was that guy, that guy was very nice. I would have immediately been like, uh, no, you're not going to cut my hair. I'm going to wait for her. You can, you just went and Mm-mm. obviously are on something. Y- Yikes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm all for people have the right to put whatever they want to in their body, but. As with alcohol, drink responsibly. Do Party res- responsibly. Yeah. Be do responsible. It, do it responsible when you do it. You know. Everything in I, moderation. Moderation. And I, I'm I'm not advocating for drug, drug use by any means, but yeah, just do it responsibly and don't endanger other people. Yeah. I'm with you. That, that was, I, I can't believe that guy sat through that haircut. I can't either. Wow. That went totally different direction than I was expecting. I thought he was like going to shit his pants or something funny was going to happen. No. Oh, no. I I really genuinely felt bad for the lady and was, she told me she had texted the owner and and that he was on the way. Uh, Otherwise, I would have been like, hey, you want me to just kind of hang around? and Yeah. Because if if there was nobody in there, it was just them two. Oh, my God. That is effing terrifying. Yeah. So. Um, Well, I am not going to let our episode end on that note so i'm going to talk a little bit about my hairdresser Um, all right those of you guys who are on youtube can see my hair looks like trash um i have not gotten my hair done since 
it's now been over a year. I got it done last January. Um, and for those of you guys, once we get our website up, you'll see our about me page. I typically have my hair dyed wild colors. I'm one of those people like green, pink, purple, blue. I am not a natural brown hair, blonde hair person. Like the most normal my hair has ever looked was red. You do you boo boo. But I think your hair looks fabulous right now. Oh, thank you. I just want to let you know that. Oh, so nice. Don't care. Gonna diet. All right. Um, I don't know, Allie, if you listen to our podcast, I believe you've liked it. Um, if you do listen to it, I miss you and I love you. Um, and I really want to come back, but at this point it's like a, I'm now more stubborn about not going to the barber because I said I wasn't going to go until I could go without COVID being an issue. Um, and so now it's been over a year and I'm kind of regretting that decision, but I've gone so long. Like I just, I can't see myself not doing it. So normally my hair is a pixie cut and wild colors. Right now it's mousy brown and long and I'm not a fan. I will admit this is the longest I've ever seen Megan's hair. Um, in the very strange three years yeah, that I've known, you know, yeah, it's very weird having my hair this long. It's, it falls in my face all the time. It's not quite long enough for me to pull it back yet. It's, it is driving me nuts. Nuts. Well, like I said, you, you do what makes you happy. That's all we can do. I think you and I balance each other out on the podcast. Oh yeah. 100% (laughs) One hundred percent. You are over here, and I'm over here. I think a lot of things. I think it makes for a good Good, show, and I hope I hope you guys uh, agree with that. Um, Yeah, yeah, me too. And I like showing that there can be differences of opinions and still be best friends. Absolutely, I think that's really important because I mean Tyler's my bro. She's my sis. No, we Uh, just got real sweet there for a little bit oh i i I didn't get a chance to say it earlier but when you're talking about being a hard ass or a hard head for uh not going to the thing i wish i had like a donkey sound (laughs) just to just to play there you go let me mark that real quick oh did i clip no oh oh no (laughs) (laughs) i know what that's for (laughs) for you guys on youtube you won't get it but Anybody that listens to the very end of the actual podcast, I haven't figured out how to put it into the uh, YouTube stuff yet, but. Mm, okay. Anybody that listens to the podcast to the very, very end, you shall get it. Yeah. Spoiler alerts, by the way, you probably should listen to the very, very end of every episode. Like the very end. But anyway, on that note, we are Whiskey and Wonder. We are. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Absolutely. So don't drink and drive. My glass is empty, but I'm going to do it anyway. Same. Cheers. Oh, yeah.